In this episode, we talk about all things whittling, how to keep children safe when using pocket knives, which knives we recommend, how to take care of your knife, which wood to whittle, what to make, and how old children should or could be when they want to start whittling. The answer might just surprise you. Welcome to Raising Wildlings, a podcast about parenting, alternative education, and stepping into the wilderness, however that looks, with your family. Each week, we'll be interviewing experts that truly inspire us to answer your parenting and education questions. We'll also be sharing stories from some incredible families that took the leap and are taking the road less travelled. We're your hosts, Vicky and Nikki from Wildlings Forest School. Pop in your headphones, settle in and join us on this next adventure. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Raising Wildlings podcast. We're your hosts, Vicky Oliver and Nikki Farrell. Whittling wood is one of the most calming and meditative crafts we do at Forest School. If you've ever taught in a classroom before, you wouldn't believe the calm, focus and engagement you'll find in a whittling circle of usually very rambunctious children. It really does have to be seen to be believed. So what is whittling exactly? Well, whittling is crafting shapes out of raw wood with a knife. Wood has been part of human civilization since the dawn of time, being used to make simple tools such as spears, and it's become part of our society with the introduction of knives with a metal blade. And historically, it's also become a way for soldiers to pass time during the war. The popularity of whittling as a hobby waned with the introduction of things like electronic games, as you can imagine, where children have gone from creating something with their hands to manipulating a joystick back in the day and now just scrolling. Before we start, though, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We love seeing uh, the numbers just scroll through of how many of you are downloading each week, and we actually can tell where you're subscribing from. So we've got people in the Netherlands, in Russia, Slovakia, Singapore, Mexico. It's it's just incredible, really. Let's jump straight in, though. Let's talk about the benefits or why we wish. So using and manipulating a knife is an important life skill. From cooking to fixing things, all humans need to know how to use a knife safely. Whittling is great for building wrist and finger strength, which is great for those pre-literacy skills, getting ready for writing, as well as improving fine motor skills and dexterity. And we can really integrate challenge and complexity when whittling, and many children seem to never get bored of making and then remaking the same projects, which is refining their skills and perfecting their craft. It also allows children time to sit and immerse themselves in an activity, but it's also the perfect invitation to further connect with nature Mm. and observing and selecting the right branch or stick for the project, identifying if it's a weed or a native, if it's softwood or hardwood, wandering through the natural space, watching an item from nature transform, noticing the intricate nature of the species that's being whittled. It's just so much, like looking at the shapes and textures, the smells, learning about the different layers found in a stick, which is one of my favourite things to talk about mm-hmm. when we're talking about trees and the wood and why we're doing what we're doing, um, like how the trees hold water and how they move all their nutrients and water from the roots to the tips mm-hmm. of their leaves and how that's all on the outside of the wood so much that we can garner from this really simple activity yeah my favorite thing about whittling is that it's just the perfect antidote to stress it's Mm. relaxing it's meditative and it can be a really great way to introduce mindfulness into your weekly rhythm I think a lot of parents really find that when they give it a go themselves they realize how much of a meditative activity it actually is 
and mm. um, I did a workshop on the weekend for a, a number of educators and they were just all so absorbed and they were like, oh, this is going to be something that I do in my spare time or something that I do camping for myself because mm-hmm. it is such a beautiful way to slow down and be in the moment. It's one of those crafts, I think, those repetitive crafts like knitting or chopping wood where you can get into that state and just be mm. so present. But it's also one of those crafts that you end up with a reward. You know, you have this thing that you've crafted with your own bare hands at mm. the end and that look of pride in a child's face when they come out with a spear or bow and arrow that they've yeah. literally carved, that cut their own wood and they've carved with their own hands. is just it's mm. beautiful to watch. What would you say your favourite thing to make is? Oh, I just, I can't go past the bow and arrow. Mm. They are really fun to make. <laughs> they are. And I just love too that, that you can start with a really simple bow and arrow where you don't actually even need to whittle it. And then you can work your way up and experiment with different kinds of uh, bowstring mm. and different types of wood. And you can get really, really complicated. Yeah, there's so many things you can make. Actually, um, one of the, my favorite things at the moment is whittling tiny little trees so you're just basically lifting a tiny little bit of the wood up like in a curl and then you Mm. can actually make a little tiny tree out of it I really enjoy doing that and I love watching the children come back over and again over and over again they make magic wands and journey sticks the spears are really really popular Mm. we've seen some epic daggers and crossbows (laughs) exactly yeah, and even as something as simple as a picture frame, I've seen mm. oh. and ages etching into yeah. their picture frame to make it really special. In our homeschool group last week, uh, there were two amazing things that came out of that session with whittling. And one, uh, a bunch of children decided to make mini dolls. So they whittled little bits mm. of wood and they actually used some rubber bands to tie them together. And one of the girls had brought down some material and they cut that up to make clothing for the for the little people and then they started to make like swings like a miniature swing like our big swing for the big kids they started Mm -hmm. to make that sort of playground equipment for their little mini dolls so that was an extension of their whittling activity and then another group um, made like juggling sticks so they whittled three sticks and added some feathers to the end of one and used those as juggling sticks which I hadn't seen anyone make before either no I it's funny we've been doing this for nearly four years and I've never seen any group make either of those things like Mm. it's just I love how child-led our programs are because we learn stuff all the time Mm -hmm. but people might be wondering like how do we let children use sharp whittling knives safely Mm. let's start with what tools we use first Mm. so you can use any pocket knife or swiss army knife or you can start with one of the safest first whittling knives by opinel we choose and use these in our programs and not sponsored uh, because they have a round tip rather than a point so there's Mm. far less uh, chance of a stick injury when you're working in a group because we have up to 25 children in a group our ratio for primary school is one to five and we make sure that there's lots of space around them. We do also sell the Opinel Classic Number 8, which just has that extra tip. So those, you know, we might start with the round tip with the earlier or children that are just learning, and then as you get older you might advance onto a knife that has a good tip. Yeah, they're really good quality. They're made in France and they really last for generations and they're really mm. easy to maintain. So we just use a little bit of fine black sandpaper to get rid of any sap on the blade uh, and then a kitchen sharpener or a stone to keep the blade sharp because a blunt knife is more dangerous than a sharp knife. Mm-hmm. A sharp knife is a safe knife. So um, <laughs> the other thing I like about the Opinel knives is that they have a steel lock or a collar 
so that you can actually lock them so they can't be opened easily when they're in the mm. lock position and then they're also locked on so that they don't fold back onto themselves when you're using the knife. Uh, and if they get a little bit stiff, which sometimes they do, particularly if you're like us and you're using them outside and in the rain and all sorts of things, <laughs> a little bit time. of yeah, a little bit of olive oil will help to lubricate that. If you'd like to get your wildling their own knife, you can head to our online shop at wildlingsforestschool.com forward slash shop and you'll find a variety of Opinel knives there, sharpeners and leather pouches too. Just mm. a heads up though, in the lead up to Christmas and with COVID, we've been struggling to get as many knives in as we would usually have. So we are nearly out of the coloured knives, but we have a bunch of beach, which are the wooden handled knives. So I would suggest you get in quick if you're looking for a Christmas order because they're our bestseller and it's Christmas. So, <laughs> And they're you know, just not, we just can't keep them on the shelves. Let's talk about what wood we like to use. So instinctively, children will most likely be drawn to using the first dead stick that they find on the yeah. ground. But... These dead sticks and branches don't have any moisture left in them and dead wood is actually really difficult to whittle, particularly for smaller hands. And, look, we do let children try if they're insistent and they have found, you know, quote, unquote, the perfect stick. Um, but yes. we do give them the that there's always a perfect stick. <laughs> um, but inevitably the smaller hands will then move over to a green green wood. Yeah, so we're always looking for softwoods that are really the best for first-time whittlers. So we mm. aim to use first local weed species. So in our forest, mm. a great species that we use is Chinese celtis. It is everywhere. We can't cut it out mm. quick enough. It grows quicker than we can cut it out, and we are using it all the time. Um, we also have we're in a camphor laurel forest, so we can use camphor laurel when we find the saplings around. And even lantana can be good, uh, depending mm. on how thorny it feels. Um, but you can experiment with all kinds of plants. But the one thing we always want people to keep in mind is sustainability and we don't want to overuse any native plants on public land. So just keep that in mind when you are experimenting or walking around your neighbourhood looking for a different species to use. Mm. Some other things you might want to consider when you're looking at wood is that wood that has lots of knots in it or multiple branches and twigs stemming from it will prove quite difficult for children to work with. Mm. So for beginners, we recommend finding branches that are straight with very few knots. You can also purchase softwoods like basswood and you can actually purchase uh, carving and whittling sets as well mm. online. And they can be really good for beginners. And then also the part that we need to talk the most about is the technique. Mm. So we will often say to people, if you would like to see if they could handle the dexterity of using a knife, why not start with something like a vegetable peeler? Mm. So you can use your everyday items from your kitchen, carrots and zucchinis, which are great introductory vegetables to help <laughs> get that technique right. Uh, and that will help with their body posture and positioning. We sell a really good wooden peeler. It's, again, it's an Opnel mm. brand, uh, but it's strong enough to actually peel bark from fresh green sticks as well as making really great vegetable. <laughs> it's a great way to teach young children all the safety rules around whittling before you introduce them to a whittling knife. So mm. if you've got a child and you're not sure that they've got the ability to concentrate or keep themselves or others safe with a pocket knife whilst they're learning, then you can give them a peeler until they 
they can. Mm, quite often at kindy, we have, you know, the older sibling who's kindy age, who's ready for the whittling knife, but little sister or little brother who's barely walking also wants to be involved. So mm. we can quite often sit with them with a peeler and just let them feel like they're part of the group and that they've accomplished something and they get bored quickly and off they go. Mm. <laughs> so the first piece of advice we have when we're teaching children to whittle is to take it slow. Whittling is a mindful activity, so speed is your enemy if you want to keep safe. We recommend sitting on a comfortable surface, preferably something like a stool with your knees spread apart and your elbows on your knees. Now, this can feel uncomfortable for children, but it's part of getting them to start feeling comfortable with whittling away from themselves and towards the ground. So once they've got their elbows on the knees, whittling will then be out in front of and away from their body towards the ground. So there's little to no risk of injuring the inside of your legs or what we like to call the triangle of doom. (laughs) When we're talking to children about our rules and the techniques that we use, we actually use things like the triad of doom or the blood bubble because it's a lot easier for children to remember Uh, as opposed to, say, your femoral artery on the inside of your leg. They're not going to remember that specifically, although we do sometimes use that in our briefings. Using those really graphic descriptions help them to understand and to remember why we have certain safety rules in place. Mm. And they do treat the tools with respect when they Mm. know that that is a real risk. You know, yes, there's a bit of humour and probably dark humour about it, but they understand that the the intent behind that. Mm. So then what we also tell children to do is that they need to hold the knife on a slight angle, almost like you're spreading butter on some bread. Sharp angles will find the knife really boring into the grain and it will make it not, I wouldn't even say difficult, almost impossible to peel the bark off. Mm. So you need to make sure that they've got the right angle. So mm. definitely like butter on the bread uh, and, and just a little slight angle. It's almost the same as when we're fire striking is just having that slight angle seems to mm. be a thread with uh, a lot of the skills that we use. And constantly reminding them to whittle away from themselves. Mm-hmm. The other thing we remind them is that, you know, knives aren't great for cutting or sawing wood. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a tool, there's a different tool for every job and whittling is for carving and slicing. But if you want to cut a stick, then we go and use the saw for that. Yeah, or a secateurs. Mm. And then another great phrase that we use for children is that, particularly the Oppenel knives, is that they look like a butter knife, but they cut like a steak knife. So we're always reminding mm. them that they are super sharp and they need to be in order to fit their purpose. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, knife care. As we mentioned before, and as anyone that's worked in a kitchen before, a sharp knife is a good knife. So when you purchase your knife, make sure you have a sharpener on hand to keep the blade in tip-top sharp condition. Instead of cutting, dull blades have a tendency to glance off the wooden head straight towards your hand. So Mm. while it may not be sharp enough to cut wood, it is usually still sharp enough to inflict a wound to your hand. We sharpen our knives generally at the end of every session to keep them nice and sharp because during a three-hour session, children can have done all sorts of things with the knife and they get used Mm -hmm. quite a fair bit. So it's really important to sharpen those knives regularly. And one of the questions we get asked all the time is, is my child old enough to safely Mm. use a knife? And our answer is how long is a piece of string? (laughs) Every child is different. They have different physical abilities and varied life experience and varying abilities on assessing risk and understanding safety rules. Mm -hmm. And it's also going to depend on how much time you've spent with them whilst they're learning. So our own children started around the ages of three or four, 
but you will find that most children don't actually have the dexterity to use a whittling knife successfully independently until they're about four years. You can start with a peeler and then move up to a knife. You'll need to sit behind them or next to them to start. And if you're sitting next to them, please sit on the side they are holding their stick with so you don't get injured yourself. Yeah, because their arms will flick out at all sorts of angles. So you Mm want to make sure you're not in the firing line. We have some simple rules in our house. Both of our children are six and eight years old. And when we first started, our knives were kept in a safe place, not in their bedroom. And ours are kept with matches and the medicine. Um, And they need to let one of us know when they're using it. Nowadays, they can keep it in their rooms. But the rule is that they have to let us know when they want to use it, when we have guests, so that they can show their friends how to whittle safely if they haven't used one before. I'll add there as well, um, we've got our little first aid kit with the knife as well. Mm -hmm. So touch wood, you know, if we, you will get cuts in, we call those learning experiences because if you've ever used a knife, whether you're an adult or not, at some point you are going to cut yourself. So we just mm-hmm. give children a bit of a pre-warning too that while we would like to think that you won't cut yourself, at some stage you probably will. It is going to bleed a lot and the thing that you need to do is put pressure on it and then come and show us. Yeah, and you know, I would add too that a lot of the injuries that we've seen done in forest school haven't been from children. It have been from their parents. <laughs> to help with their project for one reason or another haven't listened to our safety briefing or have thought you know i've used knives all the time and they cut themselves i can't tell you how Mm -hmm. many band-aids i have dished out to a parent Mm -hmm. same that's i shouldn't laugh because but you have to yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, and again it's a learning experience the knives are sharp the Mm. knives are very sharp so that's whittling. It's an excellent activity for us as parents to show our children that we trust them and believe that they can be and are responsible. You know, children need these milestones and initiation rituals in their lives to feel as though they're growing up and becoming responsible, if that is in fact what we want them to do. If we don't offer them these opportunities, then essentially children are never given opportunities to prove that they are able and capable to do things on their own. We honestly believe that every child and adult should own a pocket knife. I keep one in my car and one in my handbag, but it's mainly used for cheese platters, let's be honest, but has come in handy over and over again. Your children are able and capable. It's like riding a bike, swinging upside from monkey bars, swimming in the surf. These experiences, like whittling, help us move from child to adult. They help children build confidence in themselves and their abilities and give us a chance as parents to gift children our trust. Whittling is an incredible activity to bring into your bush kindy program as well if you're an educator. It might seem really daunting, but we're not giving 30 children 30 knives, particularly in preschool age. So if you'd like a bit more information uh, or you'd like to do a, a workshop with us, with your educators, just contact us on the website and we can help you out with that. We've also got some super exciting news in that tomorrow is the launch of our very first online Intro to Bush Kindy course. Super excited. We've got heaps of people signed up already, but you need to know that the early bird finishes tonight. So if you haven't booked by midnight tonight, the price does go up $100 for the next week. Yeah, there's always going to be barriers that make starting a new program challenging. The best thing to do is to make a list of all the things holding you back and then you can systematically go through and find solutions for every single one. This course has everything you need to start a Bush Kidney program, 
whether that's in your centre or as your own private nature play program. We'll break down every single barrier you've had about starting a bush kidney program so that by the time you're finished, you'll have learnt the fundamental principles of forest schooling and feel fully confident and safe in delivering your very own outdoor bush kidney program. The course consists of 11 self-paced modules, including how to link your program to the early years learning framework, how to embed sustainability and Indigenous perspectives, recommended bush kindy tools, equipment and resources, how to create your own risk assessments and safety sweeps, and a great snapshot of what a bush kindy program looks like, including activities and songs. We've got printable resources that you can use in your setting, including the templates for risk assessments and safety sweeps, environmental impact templates, outdoor learning policy documents. There's so many things that are included. So we've decided to leave the early bird offer running until midnight tonight, October 28th, for our podcast listeners. So you can still get $100 off the course and anyone joining from tomorrow onwards, which will be the 29th of October, so we're still going to leave the course open for another week, we'll pay the full price of $450. To book, just head to the website, wildlingsforestschool.com and look for the professional development tab and click online courses. In next week's episode, we are going to actually pivot to give you some insights into another part of our lives that we get asked about a lot and that is homeschooling. So To get us started, we'll be speaking with Kelly George, who's the founder of the Australian Homeschooling Summit, about world schooling, self-sufficiency, and of course, socialization. We look forward to having you joining us for this super interesting conversation. But until then, stay stay wild. wild.